Joshua chapter 6. And I'm going to tell you, I got a little worried when Brother Jack said this morning, turn to Joshua chapter 6. And he started reading the exact scriptures that I'm going to share with you today. But thankfully, it wasn't all exactly what I'm going to tell you. So that's the wonderful thing about God's Word. It can apply to so many different areas of your life and still be true. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And the seven priests shall bear the ark, <coughs> seven trumpets of ram's horns, or I'm sorry, bear before the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Lord, I just thank you for this word you've given us today. Father, I thank you for the wonderful time we've already spent in your presence. And Lord, I just ask one last time that you send your holy anointing upon me, that I can speak as I ought to speak, Lord, that I can say the things you want me to say, and that that everything that didn't need to be said would just be out of my mind and forgotten about. Father, I ask that you just move upon these people right now, that your Holy Spirit would just rest upon them, that they would know that the very things that come forth today are from the Father, that it it ought to just resonate in their soul, Lord, that they would know that this is truly the Word of God. And I ask that you just cover them with your protection right now, that they could hear strictly from you, and that they'd be able to tune out what the old liar is trying to tell them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray and ask that you move right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's look at this scripture. God tells them to Walk around the city six times. What are they doing there, first of all, in case somebody doesn't know? <clears throat> They're going into the promised land. They just crossed over the Jordan. Why are they there? They're going to conquer and take what God gave them. Amen? They're going to conquer and take what God gave them. They're going into the promised land, and He tells them, walk around the city of Jericho six times. One time a day for six days. And don't make a sound. Now, verse 1 tells you that Jericho was already all closed up. Nobody went in, nobody went out. They're in the city because they know the Israelites are there. Now, if this is such a mighty city, why are they 
Why are they hiding in it? This is such a mighty people. Why are they hiding in the, behind the walls? Well, because there's already been rumors of, of the Israelites coming. See, they know what's coming. I ain't just talking about the people. They know what's coming. They know there's going to be war. They're afraid. They're afraid. Now, I want you to put yourself in their place for a minute. You see this mighty army camped around you. And every day, they come and they walk around the city. And they don't say nothing. And they go back to camp. And you, you can't tell me. Them people wasn't standing on that wall looking at them and say, what in the world are they doing? Man, I wish they'd just get it over with. By the fourth or fifth day, they're sweating bullets thinking, are they going to do anything? What are they doing walking around the city? They don't even so much as make a peep. And then what happens on the seventh day? They start walking around the city and all the people's up there watching and they say, wait a minute. They didn't go back to camp. Why are they walking around the city again? Wait a minute. They're walking around the city three times. My goodness, what are these people doing? Something's fixing to happen, y'all. Something's fixing to happen because they're walking around the city six times now. What in the world is going on? You know they was getting worried. You know they was. Because they knew something was coming. They knew something was coming. Now I want y'all to put yourself in their position. It'd be a great source of anxiety, wouldn't it? See, there's already been rumors of what has happened with the children of Israel. How God has done all kinds of mighty things. And whether you believe in God or not, you know, a lot of these people that serve other gods are kind of superstitious. And they start hearing these rumors and they say, man, I don't know anything about that God they serve, but this sounds kind of serious. Y'all just bear with me. You see, they watch these Israelites walk around this city six times. And on the seventh time, they walked around. And, you know, it doesn't really say at what point in their process around it. But there came a point where those trumpets sounded with a long blast. And, you know, I, I did a little reading. I have to think that probably at various intervals in their process of walking around this city that they would blow a little short blast. Otherwise, why did he distinguish between it's a long blast? He, they, see, he wanted the people to know when they sound with this long blast, that's the time. He said, shout. Shout with a great shout. Shout with a great shout. Now, I want you to put yourself in the position of the Israelites. I'm building a foundation, y'all. I want you to just stay with me. Put yourself in the position of the Israelites. I'm telling y'all, day one, I would have been wanting to say something. 
Day one, I would want to start talking trash to the people up on the wall. Uh-huh, we're coming to get y'all. I see, I want to say something. Day six, I'd be just chomping at the bit. We got to do, y'all, come on, we don't need to wait another day. Let's go now. Let's just go ahead and walk seven times today. Let's get this thing on the road. I'm ready to fight. They went ahead and waited. And they waited till the seventh time on the seventh day. And you know they had to be with had so, so much anticipation. Listen, it ain't anticipation just because they're ready to fight. It's anticipation because they already knew what God was going to do. Huh? They already knew what God was going to do. They, they already told them, when you shout, the walls are going to come down. said the walls were going to come down. And I guarantee you when they shouted, it must have been a mighty shout. I'm telling you, y'all ever been just so excited you had to just scream and you screamed as loud as you could because you wanted somebody to hear you. Guarantee you they shouted with everything they had. And when them walls come down, this is where I want to talk to you. I titled this message, Take the City. You see, there's a point in time when God moves and you're expecting to see God move. You're expecting to see with a great anticipation of how God's going to do something. And then that's your time to go take the city. That is your time to get on your war face, as they call it in the army, and go in and take the city. See, the Israelites could have just said, oh man, wasn't that cool? And went back to camp. Do you think the people of Jericho would have, would have walked up to them and said, here's the key to my house and my car, and here's all my possessions, just take them. The walls come down, man. That's enough. No. They'd been ready to fight, wouldn't they? If they saw the Israelites wasn't going to fight, they would have went on them. See, there's a point... And I want y'all to personalize it. Look into yourself real deep. And you say, there has been a time in my life when I have expected God to move because He said He would. What did you do then? Man, I've seen a lot of people get right up to the brink where something's about to break free. And God does some mighty wonderful things. And they go and sit down. Man, it wasn't that nice. Did y'all see what God did? That's not the time to sit down. That is not the time to rest on your laurels and just sit back and admire the work of God. It's time to... See, God did this for a reason. He made a way. Huh? You hear me? He made a way for the Israelites. I don't know what the outcome would have been if they were to just go attack this city the way, you know, by conventional methods... I don't know how many people were inside the walls of Jericho and what kind of weapons they had. All I know is God told them to walk around the city. God told them to do it quietly. And on the seventh day, which was probably the Sabbath day, they walked around it seven times. And on the seventh time, they let out a great shout and the walls come down. He made a way. He made a way. See, they went in. It didn't tell you anything about any Israelites that perished. Did y'all notice that? 
didn't say anything about an Israelite perishing. It said they killed everybody. Women, kids, men of valor, mighty men of valor, he called them, right? Killed everybody. Cleaned them. Burned the place to the ground. No resistance. See, the, the Word tells you, if you go back and look at where they were talking to Rahab, it said that their hearts melted within them when they heard the Israelites were coming. God had already begun to work, see? I want you all to understand that sometimes when you're thinking, God, why aren't you doing something? God, are you going to move? Listen, you told me if I waited upon you that you'd, you'd do this. God, where are you at? It's time. It's time, God. What you don't realize is God already went before you. You see, God's ahead of you. He's waiting on you to get there. He's waiting on you to get there at the appointed time. Because you think He's late, but in actuality, you're catching up. He's already went ahead of you preparing the way. And when the Israelites got there on that seventh time, and they shouted and the walls come down, He said, all right, I prepared the way. Now y'all go in and take the city. I want y'all to know today that this is a time of war. This is a time of war. Man, I'm going to tell y'all. War is coming. War is coming. Now, I don't know how y'all feel, but I'm going to tell y'all from a soldier's perspective what brief amount of time I was. We spent 90% of our time preparing for war. I never left North Carolina once I got there. What's the point? We spend our time preparing for war. Preparing. We go shoot our rifles at the range. Qualify. Make sure we still knew how to operate them. We'd have to clean them up. We'd have to every now and then just go and, and they'd issue your weapon out of the armory and you just have to go sit down and clean it and give it back to them. Make sure it's all in good working order. Every Monday we'd have to go check out our vehicles and change the oil and check the oil and, and grease everything and do all this stuff. Maintenance. Why? Preparing for war. I'm going to tell y'all, war's coming. Are you preparing? You see, fights come whether you want to fight or not. The last time I remember getting in a fight, the fight was going to happen whether I took part in it or not. You understand that? There is a point in a fight where you've got to decide either I'm going to fight back or I'm going to be whooped. So I'm telling you today, the fight is coming. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a spiritual fight, y'all. Spiritual warfare. It's on the horizon. If you're not already getting a taste of it, you will. You see, sometimes some people's in the front of the line. Sometimes there's people in the back. They get it at the last. I want you all to know ahead of time the fight's coming. It is time to make sure you're prepared. And I'm going to tell you all a little something. I'm going to remind you what Ephesians chapter 6 says. First of all, it says that you should shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preparation. Why? So you can stand. 
And then it goes on to say that your only weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, we're talking about this physical battle in Jericho, but I want want you to turn right now to a spiritual battle. Those people, before they went, I guarantee you, sitting around camp, they were sharpening their swords. You'd be crazy to go into a fight with a dull sword. Guarantee you they were sharpening their, their knives and spears, making bows and arrows, whatever they had, they was getting ready. I guarantee you if I was still in the military today and they said, boys, you're going to Afghanistan. And we got over there and they said, all right, you're on guard duty. What's the first thing I would do? Man, I'm checking that. Does this thing work? Got, okay, I got ammunition. Okay, I got some extra ammunition. Y'all got another box? Does this thing work right? Is it loading the rounds in there? Is it going to fire when I pull the trigger and say fire? I'm going to make sure with everything I know that that thing functions the way it's supposed to. Now, y'all, this spiritual warfare is just as important as any kind of natural warfare, if not more so. But because it's spiritual, and because the Word tells us that some things are spiritually discerned, and the natural man can't understand them, it's more important. Because of that reason, because some things are spiritually discerned, some of y'all are sitting there thinking, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. It just doesn't seem that prevalent. I don't see a fight. What are you talking about? Everything's going good in my life. Y'all, that ain't what the Spirit's saying today. That ain't what the Word tells you if you read it. If you read the Word, you'll see that there's going to come a day when all kinds of terrible things are going to happen. There's going to come a time when you're going to have to fight. I'm not talking about natural. Y'all don't walk out of here thinking, I need to go buy me a gun. I ain't telling you that. I'm telling you, you need to prepare for spiritual warfare. And the only way I know to do that, y'all, is to get on my face and pray. And say, God, show me what I need to do. God, begin preparing my heart. Prepare me for what I need to be aware of. And y'all, the next thing is get in that Word. I can't stress this enough. If you don't know what the Word is, you need to find out. And I'm going to tell you right now, as plain as I know how, if you don't spend time in the world, in the Word, you're stupid. Spiritually stupid. I didn't say ignorant, because I just told you. See, ignorance is when you don't know. But you know now. If you don't take the time to spend time in that Word and sharpening that sword of the Spirit, your only weapon, preparing yourself in the gospel of peace so you can stand, you're stupid. And that's the only way I know to say it. Because God is calling a people today. Listen, God's calling a new generation. He is calling a people today that are willing to stand out in the crowd, not blend in. 
He's calling the people today that is a little bit different on the inside. And I'm not talking about weird. I'm talking about people that have a desire for God. Isn't that strange? Somebody that wants to be pleasing to God. See, God's calling the people today that are anxious to fight on His behalf. Huh? See, the Israelites... This group of Israelites had a little bit different outlook on God than the previous generation. See, there was a reason why those people weren't able to enter into the promised land. There's a reason why those people didn't get to partake in the things that God had promised. Because they murmured in their heart. Because they they were constantly turning away from God and looking for something else. Because they were not wanting to be pleasing to God. God was not their desire. God was not in the forefront of their mind. Man, God had done... Y'all look, just go back and read and see the mighty things God had done in their presence. And they just said, yeah, that's nice, but... It sure is cool to go worship these other gods. Yeah, okay, whatever, God, part the Red Sea. And how do you see that and not just fall on your face and say, thank you, God. And 15 years from now, look back and say, man, do y'all remember when the Red Sea parted? Wasn't that amazing? Man, I look back in my life and I see these little things that God did and I say, man, wasn't that awesome? And I ain't never seen no Red Sea part or the, the River Jordan stand up on its end and everything else flow off and there's dry ground. I ain't never seen none of that. But listen, God's calling people today. He's saying, get ready. Get ready, y'all. Prepare. Now's the time. Now's the time to get ready. You don't have time when the fight's knocking on your door to wait. Hold on. Let me go get my gun. That ain't the way to do it. That's not. I ain't ever seen a person yet that was willing to come and rob somebody that was also willing to sit down and wait till they got ready. Hmm. What's the Bible tell you about Satan? He's a liar. He's a thief. He walks around seeking who he may devour. He ain't gonna wait on you. See, there's a certain order to things. There's a certain time things are gonna happen. Whether you want to be a part of it or not makes no difference. It'll run you over. It will take you over. See, these, these Israelites went and they took the city. And I'm telling y'all today, like I told you before, God told me, claim it for the kingdom. And I did. I did. I don't know about you. He told me to claim Canard for the kingdom of God. And I did. I said, God, I claim it for the kingdom right now, and I bind the hand of Satan. I bind it. See, the Israelites were given something. What were they given? They were given the promised land. God laid out specific instructions. He said, from this place to this place is yours. From this place to this place is yours. Everything in between. And this is what you need to do to take it. But do you know, even though God was fighting on their side, He knocked the walls down and he said, go take it. See, you can't wait on God. 
to move and do the work you're supposed to do. You need to wait on God. But when He knocks the wall down, it's time to move in. It's not time to stand there and say, Okay, well, God, what now? See, there was a time when Moses... Y'all listen. There was a time when Moses had led the people up to the Red Sea. And he looked back and sees somebody pursuing him, right? He sees the Egyptians coming. An army. What did Moses do? He went to pray. He said, God, what do we do? What do we do, God? Oh, God, you bring us out here to die? What are we going to do now? Perish here at the Red Sea? God said, get up and quit your praying. I already told you what to do. I said move forward. Y'all remember that? Go read it in the book of Exodus. He said, quit your praying and move forward. God, there's a time to pray. Man, now is the time you need to be praying. But listen, when the war is knocking on your door, that ain't the time to get on your knees and pray. That's the time you ought to already be prepared. You need to rise up with the boldness of Caleb and say, Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. And while you're at it, I remember something else Caleb said. He said, I don't care what these other ten idiots say. Let us go up at once because we are well able. Why did he say that? Why did Caleb have so much boldness? Because he knew something about God. He understood something about God that them other ten fools didn't. He understood that he served a mighty God. It was greater than any enemy. And he also understood when God promises you something, He's going to make a way. But he also understood, the third thing he understood, was when God makes a way, it's time to go. It's time to pursue it with everything you have. It's time to take the fight to the enemy. If you don't, he's going to bring it to you. I promise you. Satan is not going to lie down and just let you have it. I promise that. You look at these people in Kennard, y'all. When you go around Kennard, when you go to the store, probably half of y'all is going to go to the store when you leave here today. Swing into Curry's, pick up some groceries for lunch. Look at those people. Look at them. I want you to look at them a little different. You see, most of you have lived here all your life, and you don't even see faces anymore. You walk in, you do what you want to do, oh, hi, how you doing? And you walk out. But I want you to look at those people And I want you to think in your mind, I'm claiming you for the kingdom of God. I want you to think in your mind, I'm going before the throne of grace for you. I'm going to start fighting for you. Because see, what I know the Word says is that God loves them. God, it's not His will that they should perish. It's not His will. I'm I'm telling y'all today, a lot of them will. A lot of them will perish. They will not turn to God. But, if one does, I don't care if it's one. I don't care if it's the poorest one. The one that's got mental retardation. I don't care. If one of them turns to God and says, I'll accept Him. It's worth it. It's worth a fight. 
It's worth a fight, y'all. It's worth it. When you, go, when you go into them places and you look at them people, you say, I'm claiming you for the kingdom of God right now. I'm claiming you. Because see, there's a time that's going to come when they are going to, if somebody don't do something, they're going to fall out of this life and they're going to fall straight to hell. And in Jude, it says that some will be saved as if you pulled them out of the fire. By force. Huh? By force. They need somebody fighting for them. They need somebody going to war for them, y'all. If you're already in the kingdom of God, your name's already written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, don't sit there and wait for your time to leave this world. You've got nothing to worry about, right? So spend the time you have left trying to help somebody else, trying to bring somebody with you instead of letting them take somebody else down. Huh? See, the Israelites went into Jericho with all of the intentions of cleaning the clocks. They had a warrior's attitude, y'all. They had their war face on. See, I remember in the army, there was a time we were in this sand pit with our M16 rifle had a bayonet on the end, and we're jumping around back and forth listening to this drill instructor, and he'd say, let me see your war face. And you'd have to go, ah! And just make the ugliest face you can make like you're fixing to rip somebody's head off. What was he doing? He was trying to instill some motivation in you. He was trying to get an attitude of war in you because at any moment, you see, there is no law that says you must complete basic training before you go to war. You think that's the case? You're sadly mistaken. I guarantee you if it broke out bad enough, they'd pull everybody they had. Everybody that could pick up a rifle would be going. He was was trying to put some motivation in you just like I'm trying to do today. I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I hope you got just a little spark. I'm trying to fan the flames, y'all. Trying to fan them. I want that fire to start growing within you. I want you to get an attitude of warfare. Because the Word says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places, against principalities and powers. Y'all listen, this is a time of war. This is a time of war. This is not a time of, of rejoicing and jubilee. It's wartime. As I look ahead, I don't see enemies behind me that have been conquered. I see a whole host of them in front of us. Time of war. If we're going to be victorious, we've got to be ready to ascend up. And take the city. I guarantee you, when the walls fell, them Israelites was just, can we go? Let's go. Can, come on, say something. Give me the word. Let's go. They was ready to go. They was ready to fight. Because God had already given it to them. He said, I've already given it into your hands. Y'all, it's ours. I want y'all to understand something today, and I'm going to fix and let you go. Jesus has already won the victory for us. He conquered it. 
But you see, there's still things that have to play out. There's still battles that have to be fought. When I guarantee you, y'all, y'all listen, when they come on the TV and announce, well, the war and so-and-so is over, you think there ain't still little battles going on? Sometimes there ain't pe- there's still people that hadn't heard the war's over. And just because some politician sitting in an office somewhere says ceasefire don't mean the soldiers on the ground that standing face to face with their enemy is going to obey. Now I'm telling y'all today, Jesus won the victory on the cross when He descended into hell and led the captivity captive. But why is it I still see captives? Why is it I still see people come walking in the door dragging chains? They're in bondage. There's still battles being fought. There's still a war coming. You see, it's already been done, but get this natural timeline out of your mind because that's not the way things happen in eternity. It's time to get ready to fight. Man, I'm telling y'all right now, I don't care if you're the smallest child that don't know much about God. Or if you're the oldest person that has studied and know that Bible frontward and backward, you need to get in it some more. Get ready and prepare and go into it with a warrior's mentality. Go in there and say, God, here's my war face. Get ready. Y'all think I didn't do that last night when I was over here praying? Man, I'm glad there ain't no cameras in this place. Y'all think I was crazy. Y'all wouldn't let me preach here no more. I was walking around. I walked around this place probably 15 times instead of seven. God, I'm ready to fight. God, help me put a warrior spirit in these people. See, there is a war coming, y'all. You can't get there by just, okay, yeah, we need to read the Bible. We need to prepare for the future. No, it's a time to fight. You need to get in the trenches. Listen, there is people left and right. You look all around you in your life, you're going to see people every day that need somebody standing up for them. You look at Sister Deanie back there. We had to fight for her. We had to fight. You think we didn't pray? You think I wasn't praying? Somebody's got to fight. When you get down like that, I know she was probably fighting on her own, but there comes a point where you're just too whooped to do much fighting for yourself. You need somebody to stand in your place. You need somebody to, to ward off the demons say, get back, leave her alone. She's one of his. See, I'm going to tell you all another piece of a song I heard last night. Y'all ever heard a song called Praise the Lord by the Imperials? Man, I'm going to tell you that word, speak, that, that song just speaks volumes to me. There's a point where he says that Satan is a liar. He wants to make us think that we are paupers when we're children of the king. And the chorus of the song goes, those chains that seem to bind you. Seem to bind you. They fall powerless behind you when you praise Him. I am trying to instill not just a warrior spirit in you today, but a spirit of praise. Because the Word tells us over in in Isaiah chapter 61, it says that the garment of praise is for the spirit of heaviness. 
And I'm going to tell y'all last week, I don't care if I offend anybody, there was a definite spirit of heaviness in this place. Y'all need to praise. I don't care if you don't feel like it. I don't care if something is rubbing you the wrong way and you, I can't get in the mood to praise. You need to praise anyway. Because it said the garment of praise is for the spirit of heaviness. You look at yourself and say, I feel a little heavy. Well, praise. Praise the Lord. Those chains that seem to bind you fall powerless behind you when you praise Him. Notice it said seem to bind you. They're not really binding you. Because see, the words also says in Isaiah 61 that Jesus came. What? To set free the captives. Them that are bound. To bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to them that are bound is what it says. So if you're one of His, you're not bound. The only bondage you're in is the one that you walked in the jail cell and sat down yourself. Huh? That, that ought to tell you something. That ought to tell you something. If you feel like you're in bondage today, it's because you put yourself there if you're a child of God. Because when you're saved, you're delivered. You're set free. <clears throat> Y'all, I don't just have... Praise and worship before we preach because I like to hear good music. If that was the case, we'd just have a special night every week for music. And we wouldn't have it on Sunday morning. I have it because not only do I want to prepare my heart, but I want God here to prepare the way. Just like He did for the Israelites at Jericho. He prepared the way. I guarantee you before they went on the march, it don't tell us in the Word, I bet they got together and began to praise God. I bet they got together and began to pray, God, be with us. God, be with us. 